What is up, Jammers? We are here with our weekly content, Jammers in the Rough. As always, we have Cody, the absolute worst, Joshua, just showing up blind for tournament winter, and Ripper Studios himself, Ryan, Kevin Coster. What is up? <laughs> I'm legally How you doing, Ryan? You want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, hey, I'm good. Uh, my name's Ryan Coster. Um, I live in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I like to draw a lot. And so much so that it became my full-time job. I quit my other jobs, and this is all I do now, is do art for disc golf. Is and, it just, just uh, disc golf specific, or is it like, are you open to other mediums? I really want to, I, well, I originally started doing like freelance work to try to break into doing work for bands and musicians, album hmm. covers, po poster art, uh, like screen printed poster art and stuff. But um, that has kind of been slow going, especially with the pandemic and musicians not really touring and selling a lot of merchandise. Uh, but disc golf just has, since I started, you know, doing that, it's kind of taken off like 95 percent of my work is is all disc golf related which is pretty wild because you know i've been doing i've been playing for 17 years and uh it's kind of like coalescing to this like this dream job like i've been drawing since i was a child and disc golfing for more than half of my life and doing both of those things as a career is insane uh yeah it's, it's no, been pretty awesome that sounds awesome do you want to talk a little bit about your body of work i kind of remember seeing like i want to like this is like two years ago i won a ctp contest and i remember getting a renegade from dynamic discs and i was like i don't know what this disc is blah blah, blah. and then i met you and then i went to your ripper studios and i saw that you did the artwork um which i mean it was always a cool piece of art um but do you want to talk about some of your body of work yeah, one of these. I think your your camera's kind of frozen. Is that just me? He's no, like one is. of these, and I don't see anything. <laughs> Do you see it? No, your camera's kind of like still mode. Uh, oh. Like, like we can hear you fine. We just can't see you. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. Well, once again, we have technical difficulties. What is <laughs> up, Patrick? Um, good to have you with us. <laughs> So Always turn something. with us. I'll turn your uh, camera off and camera back on. Oh, nope. nope. <laughs> Am I still frozen? Yeah. yeah. Dang. That's well, unfortunate. That happened, happened early this time versus like in the middle of a conversation. Is it is it a good still shot of me? Yeah. I mean, uh, am I like, am I yawning? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're not biting your lower lip. You're looking as the kids say sus. <laughs> oh, wait a second. <laughs> hmm, I don't know. It might just, it'll it'll pop back in. Oh, there it's you are. There yeah. you are. He's yeah, back. back here. Oh. Wait. Yep. Yeah. We good? Uh, I lowered the, I lowered the resolution on it, so maybe that helps. Yeah, it's definitely better now. You got we actually see you moving. Okay. Can you see that now? Yep. So yeah, that's the renegade that I did. 
Um, so yeah, as far as like my body of work, um, when I first moved here, I was intending to move here to work for Gateway Disc Sports. Um, I had a couple of cold calls with the owner, David McCormick, before I moved here. And he needed an artist to come in and rebrand the company because the aesthetic was falling behind. It needed to be updated. And so I moved here. Uh, my wife's originally from here. So we were already going to be moving here to be closer to her family. And so I got a you know, a job with Gateway my first week being here and started doing um, like custom stamp editing you know, that they were doing custom orders. So I was fixing people's artwork and got really good at doing that and then rebranding the company, you know, all the while doing that stuff and started making contacts. And about two years into doing that, um, I wanted to break out and just do it on my own. So I started uh, doing a lot of local tournament stamp designs and flyers and stuff. And then just started branching out and, and emailing other people and kind of the word kind of got, you know, spread. And uh, so I've, I've done work with dynamic. Um, I did work with disc golf United. Uh, it was for a USDGC thrower rock um, one year. Um, yeah. It's just kind of taken off uh, a lot of, a lot of what I do though is more, um, uh, smaller tournaments. Um, I'll do uh, custom designs for like touring pros, like smaller like names or anyone who wants to have their own like bottom stamp, stuff like that. Like I pretty much do whatever anyone needs me to do. Okay. Do you have like a, maybe a specific like body of field that you really enjoy kind of just like sticking your art like sticking to versus like you know some people really enjoy animals and stuff and some people a little bit more darker images like is there something that maybe sums up your style of art um i am i'm more geared i really oh someone went away page is going back he'll be back someday but go on he just goes to, <laughs> i really enjoy more of the uh strange dark psychedelic kind of trippy yeah you know artwork things you know like a, you know three-eyed skull you know i did this this design on the shirt here I'll yeah that's the, that's the kind of stuff that i really really enjoy doing um but i can it's do dark much. aces vibes mm. and i've done i work with george at dark ace all the time oh nice nice there yeah. you go yep he's a local st louis guy here and so i work with him quite a bit yeah no, that's awesome. Like seeing your artwork with him. I know he kind of hit the tour and he's out traveling this year too. So I feel like that's kind of helping like even more like if your brand kind of grow because people are starting to see some of those cool art styles. Did you do the Nathan Queen Holden Lightning one as well? I did not. There was a oh. younger art. There was a younger artist. Um, I think he's still in high school. Uh, okay. And George saw his work and was like, hey, would you want to do this? And he, you know, he whipped that up for him. So it was super cool to see. Uh, that design is awesome, but yeah, no, that was not me. Okay, well, that sounds like a bad setup, so I'm sorry, but yeah, that's oh, a pretty no cool worries. piece of art. <laughs> Paige yeah, no, trying to no, no, Paige is perfect. Isn't he? Doesn't fail. At all. I don't fail. I don't. No. Just happy little accidents. Just happy little accidents. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you've been playing for 17 years. 
Yeah. I started in 2005 or so, I think. Okay. How does that yeah. transition from being, you know, kind of hobby disc golf to like, I'm going to make this my, like my life and my income while also maintaining that balance of like happy, um, you know, healthy habits to work ratio. So up until about 2016, I did not know there was touring disc golf players. I did not know there was leagues. Um, I knew there was tournaments, but not too, you know, it was a very minimal kind of thing. I thought it was like something really like, like local softball, like league kind of thing, like super basic, had no clue that this, you know, how large it actually was, you know, getting until the um, Grand Master, or it was the Masters World Championships in 2017 came to Grand Rapids, my hometown. And I volunteered and got to meet Ron Converse and uh, Brad Hammond and a bunch of other, uh, you know, older Masters and Grand Masters players. And I, I volunteered and got to, you know, help out with that. And it was just insane to see how much this thing that I did with just my friends, you know, just going out and walking and throwing Frisbees, you know, ha has blown up and it was, it was insane. And I'm like, this is, this is really cool. And when I moved here and started at gateway, I still didn't quite get it. But then once you get thrown into working for a disc golf manufacturer, it, it hits you hard and you're like, wow, uh, I fell in love. And so much so where I was like, studying every disc golf uh like mold at gateway and like i've become what some people have called the gateway guru because people <laughs> send me pictures of gateways discs that they don't know about They're like what is this you know can tell me and i'm like yeah i know exactly what it is i can spot that disc from like 10 feet away if you just show me the profile <laughs> and Damn. it's just it for a while i got a little um what's the, i got really stressed out because um, I originally was going to try to go more towards the competitive side of disc golf in 2015. I was training to be, to go and try to qualify for the world amateur championships and do all that. But I had some life stuff happen. I was finishing college. My dad got really sick and passed away. And then I met my now wife and got married. And so, uh, the competitive side went away. And when I moved here and started working for gateway, I tried to get back into that. And then I realized I was losing, uh, the fun, uh, in it. And the reason I was playing in the first place. And so I stepped away from doing that to just kind of concentrate on having fun with disc golf. And now after I'm kind of gotten, you know, that solidified, I am getting back into playing more competitively and, um, just fully embracing what disc golf is becoming and i don't know loving every minute of it and trying not to let the drama that's everywhere you know you know take me over and get too bothered by it it's hard to do that's that's a hard one to do because there's yeah. always drama like either in the clubs that you're in your disc golf local disc golf clubs online it's just it's everywhere nowadays and it's hard to like center yourself and focus on the whole reason you do it is the love of the game there's so many distractions from it. Well, I think that's like a good yeah. segue question too. Like, Cody, why do you play disc golf? 
Well, uh, I'm a big fan of playing because as a PE teacher, I'm all about being physically active. So he asked a question. Just bounce, just bounce with this guy. I know. <laughs> He's like, hey, <laughs> oh, Cody's <laughs> talking. I'm done. So yeah, I I uh, I'm I've always been competitive. Uh, not one of the. What is Paige? What is happening? <laughs> Well, I moved. I don't know what you're talking about. Continue. I'm listening. You're a PE teacher. No, yeah, PE teacher. I'm, I'm very, I've always loved sports, always loved being competitive um, and just being active. And so when COVID hit, I was a, I played a lot of competitive volleyball a couple times a week and I had nothing to do. All the gym shut, shut down. So I was like, I think I have like three Frisbees somewhere in my house, picked them up and my kids were you know, young enough where they were still napping. So I could go out to the local disc golf course by myself, play an hour round while they were napping, come home and lose nothing out of it. So then the once a week became two times a week. And I was like, well, it's nice weather. I'll go play again. And then I just started buying hundreds upon hundreds of Frisbees. And that's where I am now. So, but it's great because I have started a disc golf curriculum at my school um, a local club donated a bunch of discs that uh, I bought some baskets and brought them to the school. So now I have kids playing. I have students playing. Um, so that's no, why I'm, I've got into it. I but, think the reason I asked, too, is because like kind of just like what Ryan was talking about and Josh was talking about in a sense. And I think it's always good to hear about from just kind of everybody in regards to it. But it's like I think everybody starts this game for very unique and individualistic reasons. And the more they continue, the more they dive down, we start to come face to face with like this wall and like that wall kind of stops so many people in tracks because a lot of people lose sight of why they're playing disc golf. And like Ryan mentioned where he was like, okay, like I started trying to be competitive and then life happened and then try to get back into the swing and starts to get burned out. And like in, in the midst of it all, like, you know, it's easy to lose sight of what you're doing at it. And, you know, I think the more you start to kind of get in tune with why you're doing something, the easier it is to, like, avoid burnout, but also acknowledging that burnout's going to happen, and then that kind of helps, like, bring us back to that center and find that, like, love again, because, you know, I joke with, like, a lot of my friends where it's just like, okay, like, I'm training for MP40, I'm training for MP40 because I know I missed my window to compete for, like, the open level because, obviously, I'm not 19 throwing 600 feet with a 50 foot putt <laughs> like i don't have those skill sets on me so it's like well that kind of helps me like one kind of take that humor aside and kind of define like even when ha like i have this i was saying like i'm here to compete i'm here to have fun and i'm here to win and it's always in that order and like for me like i'm always come that spirit of competition but that spirit of competition isn't necessarily i have to win i have to win and i feel like that's a mistake that a lot of people make because like when i'm competing this is why i love disc golf like when i'm competing out there it's me against the course. I'm trying to beat, if anything, the course. I'm trying to beat myself. I'm trying to beat that shadow in front of me. I'm trying to, like, not necessarily beat who else is around me. I'm trying to see where me, like, beating all of these other things line up in relation to everybody else. And that, to me, is my competition. And it's always self-centered. Um, and that helps me, like, really kind of, like, stay grounded. Because I also know there's never going to be two identical rounds of disc golf because if there was it'd be a lot more boring of a sport and i don't think we would all play like the the game as much as we do um so anyways long-winded short it's just like i think it's always important to like have that perspective that conversation and that reasoning of why um not to segue too far from you ryan i just wanted to kind of breathe life into some of what you were sharing yeah so um 
in 2017, 18, when I was kind of having that burnout or so, my wife got me this book called Zen and the Art of Disc Golf. Um, I don't know if any of you ever read this or heard this, but I have uh, no idea. Yeah, it's it's an excellent read. Um, it's really short. And this guy just talks about, you know, finding kind of like this center balance when you're out like playing disc golf. Uh, like one one of the things that always sticks in my mind with it is like when you're out there, he's like, you don't want to putt with your bag on, you know, because it, it throws you off. So put your baggage down, make your putt. And that, you know, I carry that on and into life. It's like if I want to be successful, I need to, you know, be able to, you know, Pull that baggage off, get rid of it, and and you know move forward. No, yeah. I like I like that like some of those life lessons carrying over because there is I mean so many <laughs> life lessons to be learned out there, and it's as deep and as surface level as you want to make like this golf to be. And I mean I'm going to do a camp here next month, June. So I mean I guess almost next month, um, but come Soon. June. I'm going to be doing a camp and it's going to be talking about like, you know, mental health and helping youth kind of re-engage and fight like suicide prevention through disc golf and like having some of those deeper conversations with Ben. And it's like, well, yeah, like, you know, the simple things, get out to nature, walk, you know, intermental, like, you know, comp or a competition, you're trying to mix in, you know, explosive activity, like all these things on top of like camaraderie are the isolation, both are good things at times. And, you know, started to see how that kind of overlaps into everything else. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've been trying to not be frustrated with, with when it comes to disc golf, I, I don't get frustrated with losing to other people. I get frustrated when I am not at least trying to fully commit. If I notice that I'm just, I'm not putting my all into it, and it's like, well, we're going to, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, why am I doing this? You know, I should actually just, you know, try to let go, slow down. And just put my all into it and just, you know, have fun time doing it. Yeah, my number one putting advice for people is breathe. Just breathe. <laughs> and so because people, so many people forget to breathe when they're putting. They're just <gasps> and they're all like tight. They're <laughs> trying to focus. Yeah. And then they forget to breathe. Or it's like, oh no, take that deep breath or breath, time your breathing with it. Don't think about it. And then just kinda let go. Yeah, I've been focusing and on that a lot more lately is let it go I, I caught myself not breathing a lot putting that's you, just, you don't even think about it you're just like holding your breath this whole time losing oxygen and then you throw a disc you're like why did i miss and then you pass out if me <laughs> had his breath when he was putting he'd be unconscious <laughs> i don't know who i don't know who it was but i heard some pros say uh not too long ago that their putting stroke is uh, a one two three and you know you breathe in you breathe out and then you and i was like oh that's it's kind of nice you know something to work in yeah i mean in that breathing too like because it's all that intentional your deep breath in and that exhale and then right when you're at that exhale like it's easy to time that with your putt and then you have a timing right you have a <laughs> that's the biggest thing like blow blow your disc into the basket right just yeah, <laughs> I need I need lighter disc, man. We're gonna... Right. So it's interesting. You guys were talking about, um, I guess, like finding the joy and you know realizing that are you gonna be competitive or you not? Are you gonna take it super serious? And was it Heather Young that just said she was taking a break? Has anyone read about that? 
no so heather young so she's you know like a touring player but she's younger and she said she's going to end up taking a break and some people were speculating um you know she's younger does she want to spend the next eight to ten years on tour you know and then realizing after eight to ten years was she one of those upper level 10 million dollar a year players or was she going to be one of the ones that's you know barely scraped by was living in a van and then after 10 years does she have a savings does she have a you know does she have a a, a career after this and they were saying that uh this is kind of going to be the they said nico lacastro is probably like the last in the generation where um people were working and playing disc golf they were talking about like ken climo and pros like that they used to have a day job and then they played disc golf on the weekends and played at tournaments because you know, they had to supply for themselves, but now you have like the Rickies and the Pauls that are making 10 million a year that can fly to a, uh, a tournament. But then you also have some of these lower level pros that are not cashing every time. So they're in a van, they're sharing rooms with people, you know, they're trying to think, are these people going to be touring full time and committing to this lifestyle or are people going to realize that, Hey, you know, I, I need to make sure that I have a backup plan or not. So again, that was just like speculation that I heard a couple guys talking about on a podcast. So I thought that was interesting. Like, where do people see themselves? You know, Paige, you say you're trained for MA40, but some of our younger listeners. MP, uh, I'm not going. I'm going to train to be a 40 year old amateur. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. but like you have a couple younger players or people listening to us. Like, if they really are, they going to try and make this their life goal to spend the next 10 years in a van or you know do you have a backup plan it's it's that could be said about any professional sport you know you have the baseball players that play one year in the majors or minors and then or the minor leaguer that's a minor leaguer for 15 years no i think that's a good point too because like you also look at like how hard disc golf is on the body i think eagle mcmahon showing that i think gavin just a dnf today right like he had some like injury issues and you're seeing this like once you experience an injury, especially like part of like the throwing mechanics, because like the whole thing was like, oh, well, Eagle didn't get the surgery. He tried to rough it. But Gavin got the surgery, took the time, took the rehab. And here he is still, still struggling. So it's like, well, are you going to run the risk and potentially like jeopardize it? And then, you know, either, you know, continue to force it because you need to continue to get payday or, or, or. Um, and I think that's a good question. And then you start to have like the conversation too about like with agents kind of perverse in this sport. Like what is the, like the agents I feel like are already ostracizing some of like the artists and the dyers out there by charging like, you know, what they think the the artists are making, but it's like, oh, hey, like you want to buy some ad space for $2,000 and you'll get five, <laughs> you know, five episodes or whatever, or we'll throw your disc with this. And it's like, well, these dyers aren't making it. They're selling $20 dyes. You know, they're not going to like 2000 is going to be a big hit to their pocket or like, you know, I'm not sure how well off you're doing. it. I don't want to assume like Ryan, but it's like, oh, yeah, like if you have to go like five thousand dollars to try to ask Heinberg to throw one of your dies, like that's probably not feasible. Um, and so, like, what is this going to look like in five years when you do have people that are, say, like willing to spend like, OK, I'll give you five thousand dollars. Let me do your disc for you and let me design your art for you. Um and just figuring out that kind of balance of it because it's, I mean, I know it's kind of a segue too within your segue, Cody, but I think those are all like, I think topics that are going to kind of lead to like some of that burnout and those like deeper conversations of like, well, is this something that I need to go and continue to do 
um because also like does the conversation begin like do you have the ability to have a grassroots who went from this like love and disc golf to now he's a touring pro or is that going to be taken away and you're going to start to see more heavily recruited to the teams based on some undetermined you know like statistics we're going to have the disc golf combine or something you know Hmm. Sorry, I was just reading a comment on there, but yeah, like I Ryan, with that. this being with this being your you know livelihood, you know what what have you thought about that in the long run or anything like that? Um, so I think kind of one of my more recent goals is to to kind of uh, diversify and have um merchandise um either doing custom stamp discs that i can have on my i have a like you know on my website i have a shop where i sell shirt designs just a couple right now do you but want to share doing, the website for everyone listening oh, yeah it's www.ripper-studios.com um it's got examples of my work from my just illustration work to disc golf stamps to logos to poster stuff. Um, and then I have a shop link in there, but, uh, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a combination of doing that, trying to push out and doing more merchandise stuff like that, but not too much because I've kind of gotten into this, um, groove right now where I just want to create artwork for other people mostly. Um, and then I'll do some fun stuff on the side for me, but like with guys like, uh, Marmoset and Nick DFX, you know, he's doing these really cool like stamps, um, that are always a lot of fun, but then he's doing other like commissioned work on the side as well. And, um, but to, to stay ahead, uh, you know, I, I'm constantly emailing, uh, people to try to, you know, pull in new work and stuff. Like I see new disc golf companies popping up like Lone Star or Doomsday. And I'm emailing and, and trying to message these people and being like, Hey, this is what I do. Um, I would love to work with you sometime. And as long as I just maintain, you know, getting my name out there, I've, you know, I've, I've had consistent work f- for a while now. No, that's why I'm like, looking at your ripperstudio.com on my phone. That's oh, where like, I love yeah. to see like our community is so supportive of that because it is such a large community, you know, and like a lot of people I feel like are always looking for an artist, but they don't know where to begin that search. And, you know, like once they find it, then it's easy to kind of hit them up. <laughs> what's that cody this one yeah. i that one's pretty cool the boxer yeah, that was a, yeah i did that one 2015 14 something like that but it was um yeah i don't know i i, I used to work for a pinball bar and the the pinball machine uh, champion pub kind of inspired that one i'll say it looks it's kind of got that vibe to it so i like that it's a very unique yeah. art uh and you got a very unique style so very cool dude yeah, that's something that's um, kind of I've struggled with mainly because um, I was always af- I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to m- sell my work and be able to get client work because my style was so different. Um, my, st- you know, the, the popularity, the, the popular like trends are much different than mine. And so that always kind of worried me. But in the back of my mind is always stated, just just keep on the course, keep doing what you're doing. And, 
you know, if you, if you love what you're doing, people are going to love it back and, you know, your audience will find you and that's pretty much what's been going on. So. Well, I think the great thing too, it's just like, well, at the end of the day, like you could have like maybe some of those insecurities, but also like usually the customer doesn't know quite know what they want or exactly what they want. A lot of it's kind of just like, well, let me draw a bunch of concept and start to narrow it down. And it becomes like a communication being important. Like, it's not just like, oh, here's my ideas. And then you come out here you go. This is what you said you wanted. It's like, no, it's this collaboration. And that's to me is like why art is always so unique. It's not just like born of one thing. There's always outside influences and always this influence. And it's this growing concept till finally like it reaches that pinnacle and be like, okay, this is where we could say it's complete. Can we do more? Absolutely. But I think this is like good for where we're at and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Someone, so if someone is coming to me to hire me to do artwork for them, it is not just a one-sided thing. It, it is a collaboration. 100%. Um, I, I do not, I, I can, but I do not think it's best for the project. If someone is like, just do whatever, go for it. Cause I could spend hours on something that I think is really cool and they see it and they're like, nah and i'm like well that's a wash then unless you want to pay me for that time um so like if for any advice any for anyone out there that is thinking about hiring an artist you know try to have some ideas it just anything just even even if it's like a mood or a vibe like that you you kind of want to express any little bit helps that artist create something that you both will really be proud of yeah, but well, that's, we, that's really helpful to have some insight. It's hard to go blind because you don't know, you know, most of the time, I bet you don't know the personality of the person or the things they like, the things they don't like, um, you know, and having that input probably makes it a lot easier for you. And like you're saying, it doesn't turn into a, a wash because they just absolutely don't like it. Mm -hmm. And people probably don't realize that. They'd be like, oh, I don't like it. Don't worry about it. And they don't realize that you just put in three to four hours of your yeah. time of your business doing this and then they're just like eh, never mind i don't worry about it like don't worry about it man like uh i just didn't yeah that's still, three something, hours. that's still something i do like i still have to you know kind of juggle a little is um educating people on what i do is similar to a plumber you know you know he they come to your house they you know evaluate what you need and then they tell you how much it's going to be and then they either do it or they don't like you know that's you know that's it's what i do now so so we talked about Ryan, the artist. We talked about Ryan, the golfer, um, and a little bit of Ryan, the fan. But let's talk about Ryan, the musician. Um, so the reason, like, well, musician or, I guess, uh, music enthusiast maybe is a better all thing. So we all know I struggled in Vegas. Um, I did a whole podcast. You can go back maybe six, seven weeks ago and listen to, like, might struggle with it of like feeling so good and prepared and then hitting the wall which was vegas for me um but part of my journey was actually reaching out to ryan and talking to him and he mentioned that he does what is the infinite spin radio is that what it was yeah so so he talked a little bit about some of the music he does and he's about records he enjoys records um and i'll let him talk a little bit more about it but he was just like hey and I just I asked him, I was like, do you have two that I can listen to? I need to get out of my head. My music's not working for me. Let me just, you know, and he sent me some, you know, like two of his that he does, like not podcasts, but they're like his own, like little recording sessions of it all. And 
I was able to kind of get out of my head and play it's still a struggle round, but it wasn't like mentally taxing like the the round before. I can start to kind of accept, and I really enjoyed that for like disc golfing, um, just for that kind of music style. If you wanted to talk a little bit about that side of you, Ryan. Yeah. So let's see here. I think it's got to be about four years ago. Um, when I first moved here, I uh, started looking for the like where the psychedelic music scene was in st louis because that's the kind of music that i play i've been a musician since i was 15 so 20 years or so and uh i didn't really find it doesn't exist here but i did find somebody uh his name's william long he's one of my best friends here we started talking about you know i had said something how i used to dj for a college radio station in kalamazoo michigan uh Ooh. And um, I wanted to to do my own radio show. Uh, at the time, we were throwing around podcasts kind of thing so we could talk about the way um, music was shifting and how some genres are kind of dying or, or, you know, which ones are moving forward and not. But we decided to just like, no, we don't want any of that. We just want to do straight two hours of music. And so for four years now, we... Um, we have a uh, online radio, sh internet radio show called Infinite Spin. Um, what? And we record uh, the whole show entirely from vinyl vinyl records. Wait, what? Uh, you yeah. record the whole thing on a vinyl or you record from vinyl? From vinyl. What? Yeah, we're we're vinyl record collectors, and we're constantly finding new bands, especially bands in Europe and um in the UK and everything that are putting out new records all the time. And so we do two hours of just straight vinyl. Um, we do occasionally we'll do cassettes and CDs, um, but uh, we I think we may have used one digital like file once. Um, in the four years that we've been doing it, and we are on our 150th episode. Nice. But uh, yeah, when Paige when 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 Paige was asking about, you know, he needed to get out of his head. I went and scoured. I think at that time it was like 145 episodes or whatever it was, and I I found some that I I knew that would probably be uh, pretty pretty good because some of our episodes can be uh, not really pal palatable for the general public. Cause it can be pretty crazy, wild psychedelic stuff that, you know, some people are like, oh man, that's too repetitive or it's too much droning, you know? And, you know, I kind of trying to find some things that I think would really help someone on a disc golf course. And, but yeah, I've, I'm obsessed with vinyl records. I'm obsessed with music. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Well, that's where like, I mean, I really enjoy like the idea of like dark ace discs because you're bringing something that, kind of runs parallel to disc golf that everyone like whether it's casually or like professional enjoys list sometimes like listening to music while they're playing um you'll see like people with like the speakers and they'll be blasting music and it's always different type of music so when you start to mesh like this beautiful world of sound and disc golf like something amazing like happens like dark ace discs like infinite spin studios like you know you start to see this but it's like it's that same thing it's like something like i want to be talking about more because when you start to have like legit like music that's either not not necessarily designed for it, but comes from that place of like, well, you enjoy disc golf, so 
if you enjoy disc golf, you're going to probably enjoy some of these like music because you can't like not like one thing and you know those things don't mesh somehow um which is why like those two that you sent me and i listened to them i really enjoyed them and like taking out so because there was like i don't think any words in it and so taking out some of those words allowed me to kind of just you know clear my mind and just kind of relax a little bit um so for me that's always like a big like mesh of things but you mentioned psychedelic. So, Ryan, tell us about all of the illicit drugs you've done and how it's impacted your disc golf and your art. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> page, like, not, hey, so, not as not as many as you would you would no. think. No, no, but I'm just hey, kidding. <laughs> on, on that on that subject, though, I will say that um, I do take some form of mushroom, very micro dosed for my depression, my anxiety, like fractions of a gram that I put uh, powdered into a capsule and it's the best thing that i've ever done for my depression and my anxiety ever 100 yeah. percent. like microdosing mushrooms is is very very good for you look at it's Josh's amazing hat. <laughs> <laughs> i like how on this podcast we've gone to psychedelic music and microdosing mushrooms now there's a lot of there's a we lot do it of all here folks. for you welcome yeah especially now so speaking speaking about you know with with dark ace and stuff um, before I had met George, the reason I really wanted to start Ripper Studios was because I wanted to do what he is kind of done with metal, but I wanted to do it with my, you know, uh, side of the psychedelic music scene. Cause you know, you see a lot of people who are super into the Grateful Dead and Fish and Umphreys McGee and, and these kind of bands, but like, you know, people lump them into psychedelic music, but there's a huge spectrum. If they're on the lighter side, I'm on the darker side, um, which can, you know, blend into metal music at times or punk music. And so I wanted to uh, create a, an apparel company or something that was based on that. And that's where Ripper Studios was kind of birthed. But, you know, that I might do, you know, like I said, I might do more merchandise in the future. But right now it's just become an illustration and, and design a company. Yeah, but what I like is like nothing is off limits with you. You're willing to explore your passions and connect it to disc golf. And I feel like when people are talking about like trying to find that kind of sense of belonging in this world, it's doing just that, you know, because they, yeah, if Dark Ace is metal, you're a little bit more psychedelic. Well, there's also all of these music genres that we all have preferences of that can start to overlap into that. You have such a different like you taken is just like well making it real and authentic and i think that's why people enjoy disc golf is because it's authentic and real um it yep. hasn't been like completely you know taken away from us admonished or whatever it's it's a very real like pure form of sport that anybody can compete in and that's why i think a lot of people do it so like the more you start to kind of approach that authentically like i think you'll start to realize there's a spot for you here yeah with uh so um dave lantine up in michigan he does he owns death by Mm -hmm. um you know he's he saw that kind of same thing where he wanted to have this little bit more grittier side of of representation of, of disc golf and so that's why he started death by and was doing what he's doing with you know kind of these punk metal aesthetics yeah there's but, a store over here like ball was life because he's like oh yeah my whole life was running around basketball and then you get to this age where you quit playing basketball you have families and everything but it's still important to you so like he opened up a store ball was life it's like all of this old like 90s memorabilia basketball stuff shoes the collector side of things and it's just like you know because it's still cool. important to you yeah like so disc golf was life let's get that going 
<laughs> so speaking on the on the darker side of stuff, I got a couple of these Doomsday Disc prototypes. Ooh. Um, let's see here if I can get this. What is that up. from? That looks Doomsday. sweet. So this is Doomsday. Doomsday Disc is a new disc golf manufacturer. I'm not sure who molds for them. Um, it looks like metal plastic, right? I say it's, that was some so, very shimmery plastic. Oh, oh wait. Wow. <laughs> it's a pancake, dude. You can flip that thing and it's super rubbery. There's both of but there's two of them. There's two different prototypes, and they're both like so super rubbery. <laughs> For people at Wave, home, he's like folding the disc in half. More like more like double or triple G star. Like elevation discs are already subsidizing their industry. <laughs> yeah. For people not it's watching the video, I am I am I'm bending it in half. Yeah. But uh, I actually reached out to them, you know, to, to potentially want to, you know, I want to do some artwork for them just because they are kind of doing that darker aesthetic. But I haven't thrown these yet, but um, I'm hoping to give them a rip soon. Mm -hmm. Doomsday. So when you say Ripper Studios now, is Ripper because you're ripping a disc or is Ripper like Jack the Ripper and this like little darker side that you keep talking about to you? All of it. Okay. And ripping on, ripping on a guitar. Yeah, yeah. You know, slapping the bass. I don't I don't smoke anymore, but you can you, know, you can rip on a bong, you know. Yeah. All right. I see yeah, Jack the Ripper. Are you Jack the Ripper? You know that guy? You know that guy? You know <laughs> never was caught in my past life. But yeah, also well, with um it kind of went it kind of coincided with um more of the uh the heavy like doom metal stoner rock and roll that heavy psych kind of kind of vibe is what i was kind of conjuring so we're kind of coming to a close like we don't want to go to final thoughts quite yet but i do want to transition to ryan like the fan um we just had an amazing playoff with you know who you a page you created a heimberg fan club um you know, talking about playoffs, the Jazz is lost, the Jazz are garbage. Um, sorry Ooh. for the Jazz, bye-bye. But I just wanted to kind of say that real quick. But speaking of playoffs, <laughs> Heimberg won in an amazing playoff against, you know, a legend. And you start to see, like, that whole match, KJ, him, Paul McBeth tied. Um, but, you know, playing for 17 years, why did you settle on Heimberg as the pro to create a fan page of? And kind of, like, push a lot of your support towards them man i since the since the day that i saw him on lead card coverage it was what 2018 las vegas challenge i think mm -hmm. it's probably one of the first i everything about his style kind of resonated with the way that i play um i'm 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 more heavier on a spin putt side he's got like a weird like combination of he the pitch to... and spin pops that yeah, he pops it out of the hand but um he puts the pizza in the oven he he does <laughs> but uh for, for some reason he just really just his style of play really resonated with me he seemed like a really down-to-earth person he loves animals and nature and i was like this guy's really freaking cool and i don't know it's just what was it earlier this year i saw there wasn't a kelvin heinberg fan page well there was a group but only the person who had started it could like post on it and i was like well that's that's not really fun so yeah. i yeah i started the page and i think we're like 300 members deep something I like that 700 seven eight hundred seven oh yeah. man <laughs> oh wow that jumped uh, that so must like have jumped over after jonesboro 
Yeah, I think you were like pushing like the lounge for our numbers, and we're like purposely keeping it low. But yeah, I saw oh, yeah. like the Heimberg just jumped up, and that's I mean him winning. I remember going to Huck Labs. He was like, "Yeah, we just sold fourteen Heimberg destroyers on Sunday when he won." <laughs> like, I mean the the amount yeah. of people that get excited about like that winner circle is very real. Which, I mean, I like because we don't have that like you know team chemistry where like oh you know the jazz are garbage because i'm a blazers fan kind of thing you don't have that you're just like i'm a fan of disc golf and all of these players so whether it's ricky winning paul winning Vinny winning like you're just excited to see that because you know from first throw to last throw what it takes to truly be in there like even like the pros that like start off tough and then they battle back to be in the final card to be pushing that lead like we we all know that and we can resonate with that so it's like yes we might not like certain pros or but you also have like this wide array of like you know support and like manufacturers aren't even like the matter anymore like it's not like oh you're in a vote so you have to be a fan of sexton you have to be a fan of this it's like no you get to be a fan of you know uh cory ellis as well as like calvin heimberg which i think is pretty yeah. cool i've got you know i've got I've got a lot of favorites, but yeah, he's in the top. Um, but it was funny during the last few holes or so of Jonesboro, I was messaging with my buddy, uh, Adam, shout out Adam Maxey. Uh, and he was saying how Heinberg doesn't have the, uh, the, the, he's not, he can't get into that clutch mode. And I was like, no, he can. And then sure enough, like he did it. <laughs> like those last few holes in that playoff was, was, was clutch. No, and I think like he has a different clutch. I think a lot of people misinterpret his lack of emotions for like lack of um, competition, lack of interest, or whatever. Like, because like yeah. the criticism I hear about him is just like you know he looks like his mom dropped him off and he doesn't want to be there. He just happens to be really good at disc golf, and his mom is like, <laughs> "You gotta go play." But it's like I think that could be the furthest from the truth because you can start to see like when he does let emotions kind of come through, or which I feel like was the the savior for heimberg was the skin matches you got to see his character come completely out in the skin matches and then you can see this different side of like competitor in him on the disc golf course and it's just like well you can be you can be both right you can be humorous and have fun and lighthearted, and then you can also turn it on and be this quiet kind of cutthroat player and i I think that's what it's always like when i think about him is like he's not going to beat himself you're going to have to beat him. He's so consistently good that like you just have to turn on that next gear in order to get ahead. And, you know, like, who's he losing to Ricky? Like that's, I feel like the one that's like beating him the most. And it's like, okay, if Ricky's the yeah. one that's beating him the most, like he should be right up there. <laughs> so um, I went to the Eagles crossing big skins match and I got to, you know, follow behind you know, uh, Simon, Calvin, Scott Stokely and, uh, Brody and Calvin is way more sociable and talkative, you know, than you would expect. Like he, he likes to talk crap on the courses, you know, it was funny. <laughs> it was, it was awesome to hear the banter because you don't see all of it when you're watching the post-production stuff, but you know, when you're right there and it's, you know, it's awesome. It's, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, I can't wait for that coverage to come out because I mean, just like with that, like even like Stokely, like Brody Smith hasn't been shown very often. So you're going to see like different sides of him. Vinny Simon was there, right? And he took Eagle yeah. spot because Eagle, yeah, he took Eagle spot. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm just so gonna... that's another thing is 
a, a lot of people, you know, have this negative, um, uh, I, you know, idea of Brody Smith, but like, if you meet him and see him playing and, and you know, he's such a cool and nice person. Well, I think that's always been the consensus with him. Like, meet him, and you'll see that side of him. But I don't think the people have problems with Brody. I think a lot of people have problems with the Brody fans and him being kind of that ringleader. So he gets, like, I think yeah. the lightning rod for his entire fan base because his entire fan base were, like, what you have, like, a lot with, like, disc golfers where it's like, oh, you're a COVID golfer? You know, let me hold my nose up to you kind of thing. Like, this whole, like, wave, like, started as, like, jumping on Brody and then you have like the Brody D bags and that side of it. And I think that's just like Brody like... Roach, the Brody D bag. Yeah, exactly. That's his whale sack, the Brody D bags. But... So after this, after the skins match, I got, I went and, and played around at the course there and there was this younger kid that asked if he could join. And, you know, halfway through, I was like, so, Hey, uh, Jared, how long have you been playing? He's like, ah, I'm a 2020 kid. I'm like, huh? And he's like, I guess it was a thing. He, you know, it's like, I started because of the pandemic. And I'm like, dude, awesome. <laughs> I was like, welcome. You know, like, and it, it's the reason it, I can sell it just for $100. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he, he was, he was like for playing like a year, less than a year or so, like he, uh, he was crushing it. Like, you know, he was, it was awesome to see. Like, I'm all for people, you know, playing, you know, whenever. No, and I think that's what's going to, like, realize the game of, like, you're going to have, like, athletes that are coming over and seeing and competing in this and realizing, like, oh, like, how many golfers aren't ever going to push golf further than what it is, but they can jump over here and start to, like, have viable competition and navigate that, you know, what that looks like. But with that, I mean, Ryan, we need to have you back because I feel like we can talk for another hour or two. Definitely. But we're kind of coming to a close. We're at 55 minutes. So why don't we transition to closing thoughts? Um, Josh, you want to start us off? Yeah, I actually, I got two. Um, I said one. Closing yeah. thoughts. Well, well, you're, no. <laughs> no, you're good. Just to hit on that point of like the Brody fans, and that's why people disliked him. But I think it like it sheds more light on the fact that humans have a tendency to categorize people and then have this opinion on them. When each and every person is a different human being with a different experience, a different personality. And when we categorize people, it's easy to spread hate, not love. And I've met a lot of people who have completely different viewpoints than me that I adore in my life. <laughs> um, that's just one point. Uh, the last thing is, um, you know, with disc golf, there's... You know, having Ryan on um, sheds light on it as well. So there's so many different mediums that you can have in disc golf, whether it be disc golf art, you know, playing disc golf, um, music with disc golf. You know, don't let disc golf be black and white. You know, there's other avenues you can take to enjoy this game. You know, there's a lighter side. Wow. <laughs> All right, Josh, the voice changer and the political, you know, middle. Do you have ground. like sound effects? Do you have like fart noises and stuff next to no, you? I, I no, I don't. That's got a soundboard for uh, making beats. All right. <laughs> Cody, why don't you kick us off? I mean, like, how do I follow thoughts? that? Like, Josh is getting all deep in his stuff. Actually, this is probably the, the deepest podcast we've had. 
We're, we went deep on this one, guys. Um, I'm obsessed. We got jammed. Um, I'm kind of gonna. I kind of. <laughs> I'm thinking on the same way of Josh. Like, find uh, things to combine your passions. So you know, like Ryan is talking about how like music is a passion, disc golf is a passion. He's found a way art, and he's found a way to combine all that. So find something that you like to do and see how you can mesh them together. It does not have to just be, well, I'm a disc golfer and I'm a avid runner. I, I know some guys that do speed rounds. They bring two discs and they run hole to hole because they love to run. They love to disc golf. So find something that you like to do. And it's okay to mix your, mix your passions. If you are, you know, big into exercise and you want to do like a push up for every time you have a good drive or something like that. Cool. Do it. I, I think that's what makes this sport really cool is that there's so many different people playing this game that have such different, you know, like Josh said, mentalities that have different perspectives. You know, some people are those prim and proper dressed like those golf players that have the collared shirts and the shorts and everything is neat and proper. And that's what makes them enjoy the game. And then you have some guys that are like out there in flip flops and socks and have a six pack of beer and they're having fun with their game. Like uh, I play, I got a, my buddy into disc golf and he just started league with me and he goes, I don't really care to get better. He goes, I just come out here to have fun. He goes, if I get a little better, cool. But he said, I'm not going to put a whole lot of work into it because I like where I'm at. Awesome, dude. You know, I want to go out and play and get a little bit better. You want to come out here and have fun. We're both out here together and join disc golf. So find something that you can breathe into or bring to disc golf and make it your own and make it fun. No, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, you mentioning like the dress, I mean, there was a great article. We talked a lot about Dark Ace Discs today and George, there was an article with him where he calls that pseudo jock and he calls it hippie attire and that he's trying to break that mold. So shout out to George again and his amazing article and his quotes. <laughs> um, Ryan, why don't you kick us off with your closing thoughts or not kick us off, close us out. Man, uh, thanks for having me. This was awesome. Um yeah, I could do this again. Um, I don't know, like, just for anyone out there that is feeling stuck, do whatever you can to, to break away from something that you don't want to be doing. Don't surround yourself with toxic jobs, toxic people, break away. And that's what I've been trying to do my whole life. And I'm slow, I, you know, I feel at a point where I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking all these things that I love and I'm putting them into one, one basket. And I, I love, I love where, where I'm headed so, and anyone can do that. Um, yeah, go have fun on the course, let go, follow your instincts, you know, just have a good time. And so with me, my closing thoughts are quite simple. I am very happy that the jazz got punted out of the playoffs. <laughs> I am also, you know, adamant about championship courses being built oh. for championship level players and i'm going to continue that point until we get myron back and i can continue the debate with him but until then it's definitely a one-sided conversation that i'll continue to preach um yeah but we but, gotta listen to it oh i love here. it i love it josh well, don't um, feed it to him i'll feed it all day long i love it my Dang real it. like my real closing thought is you know we talked a little bit about mental health um, we talked about why we're doing this and take stock for yourself of why you're continuing down this hobby and what this hobby and what you're trying to get out of it. Because if you don't know what you're trying to get out of it and you don't know why, 
you're going to start to kind of get in this vortex and this swirl and you're going to start to realize that this thing that's supposed to be designed to help you is actually exhausting you um and so realizing and how to put those things into perspective i think is really important um with that i mean i mentioned my mental health battles in vegas but not like we have a community a very small niche community but that community is there and taking that risk like with ryan when i reached out to him i realized he had some music and that little bit of connection that little bit of thought that he put into it like he said like he went through 140 tracks to find the the two that are going to help me complete my rounds and it did and it helped my mental health and it helped my struggle and though i didn't make the final day i was still feeling good about it right leaning on the community of the jammers and the the rough podcast where i sat down and i was very transparent and honest with you like not being afraid to have those conversations and keep that bottled up right this is a supportive community and it's important that those feelings are validated that they're real you're not just like trying to shove them down until eventually they explode you're engaging in this community and so you know like always like if you want to reach out to me i'm here i'm here to talk um i just wanted to kind of extend that kind of closing thought with you guys with that thank you josh cody ryan for coming it's amazing to have you we will have you back oh i see one finger coming up i got one more thing to say i'm getting a matumbo shout out to coaches (laughs) i want to shout out to coaches disc golf my homies that's all heck Ah. yeah so with that guys thank you for chugging along with this hour with us like subscribe follow whatever you got to do share us we rely on you guys to help us grow so with that keep jamming it in the rough everyone grow it (laughs) 